Welcome to HivriaCast, the podcast where I, Aladna Harai, speak with some fascinating and incredible creative Jews. Hello, this is Aladna Harai doing our first Hivria podcast. I don't even have a name for it, but I was so excited to have Muli doing this with me. Yitzhak Muli. As you <laughs> the first? Well, you didn't tell me that. You are the first. Only this a little is, pressure, huh? I just threw out the boxes when you got here. That's how... Yeah, you know, this just, is fresh out of the box. Yeah, it's like I just we just moved in. It's exciting. So yeah, so just a little introduction. Basically, um, we're going to be... This is just the beginning, hopefully, of like a very exciting podcast where we're going to be getting all the people that we love in the Jewish creative world and getting them to start chatting and connecting and in a way that we already are trying to do in the world of Hevria and also in the larger creative world. Um, and it's like so perfect that I have Yitzhak Muli here, who was such an influence on me. I remember calling you when we were uh, first thinking. I remember, like, I don't even know if you remember, but I remember Rivka and I, I think we were living in Chicago. Right. And I remember we, we met on the streets of Crown Heights. Oh, that like, was when we first time. met. I but when was, we were, yeah, we were like there was some back and forth emails. Really or something. long time ago, we were like, oh my gosh, you even picked up the phone to talk to us because <laughs> you were such a celebrity <laughs> to us, you know, oh, please. Uh, <laughs> the pop art rabbi. Um, so yeah, I mean, so it, and it's so amazing, like the uh, the connections that we built since then, and yeah, to really show how. Getting creative juice together, like the power of doing that. So oh, it's yes. like so perfect that you're doing. Well, let this. me tell you, there's mutual admiration going both ways <laughs> for you. Uh, incredible things that you're doing, uh, and I'm stoked to be uh, to be here. I didn't know I was the first, so here I am, even more, uh, you know, excited to share and to get this conversation going. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I could go into a big intro about who you are, but I feel like you you probably you know you're doing all these speaking gigs these days. You're probably Perfectly ready to tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Uh, do we want the two-minute intro, the ten-minute intro, the one-hour intro? <laughs> I got a long do... story. I, I can, I can, uh, I can play this up. Let's I can start spiel with two it. minutes. I can spiel it well. <laughs> we do have an hour. So we have an hour. Okay. If you want to just spend the whole hour talking, just that's, talking. All right. Know, uh, just leave the room now. And I'll <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, in a nutshell, in a nutshell, um, I start with my parents. My parents were hippies, um, and they are Balchuva. Mm-hmm. And I came along for the journey. Uh, I was young. I, I probably haven't done, hadn't done enough of Varys to be called a Balchuva, you know, if we can call it that. No, I, I'm, I'm the child, very proud child of Balichuva. Mm-hmm. And the journey took many forms. And they I were ended like up, hippies, right? Yeah, they were hippies. Hippies were born in Darwin, you mm-hmm. know, grew up in, in the outback uh, early years. And, you know, as, as the journey went on, I... I thought like what what does God want from me what's what's the ultimate um, for me to achieve would to become a Chabad rabbi to, to share my love of Judaism with others as a Chabad rabbi and I did that and I did that for 10 years and um, you know as I say in, in my speech you know 26 years old married with two kids serving as a rabbi I discovered silkscreen it was just one night I was online mm-hmm. I was into my, my creativity the form of my creativity was really photography. I didn't draw, I didn't paint. I liked the concept of creativity, but I, you know, photography was my medium. And I was getting frustrated by it. Did you think of yourself as an artist back then? No, no. Uh, a creative spirit, perhaps. Mm. But, you know, I mean... Uh, so you didn't... I didn't actually even know that. So you didn't really discover yourself as an artist until you were on Shluchus? Yeah, yeah. 
Wow, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Uh, three years into Shluchas, something like that. Wow. Um, that's fascinating. And, and so I started doing this, this silkscreen thing. Um, and it, I mean, it took me a whole year to make my first piece. It's incredible. This, mm. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I was like, you know, tutorials online and I found like some silkscreen place, but it turns out they were a commercial silkscreen place, which was a different, completely different side of things. Mm-hmm. And they kind of told me, you know, uh, thank you, but no, thank you. Please don't ever come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, they, they were just getting frustrated with this loopy artist who didn't know what he was doing. Um, but when I finished my first piece, I looked at it, I said like, you know, I can, I could really do this. Hmm. And so I did, I kept painting and I mean, the story is that, that, I, you know, I had these two worlds. I had my art, I had my, my rabbinical responsibilities, my shleach, and I, I did that, you know, uh, with passion and then family, you know, they, they count, I suppose, three worlds. <laughs> um, and then, you know, at night I would paint, um, right. until the point that, you know, the, they, I, I couldn't do both. Um, and so I turned to my, my rabbi, my mentor. And I said, should I keep painting? It's, it's, it's conflicting with my, you know, with my shluchas, my rabbinical, my responsibilities. And what he said, it was, it was a total paradigm shift. He said, you know, the question isn't, should you paint? The question is, how can you use the gift God gave you to, mm. to, to touch other people, you know, through your art? So, you know, long story short, today I'm no longer a youth rabbi in Basking Ridge. You know, I'm no longer a, you know, a shliach in that regard. I still deeply believe that I'm a shliach, mm-hmm. that I'm doing, you know, um, what God wants of me, what the Rebbe wants of me, um, and painting and creating. Hmm. So, I mean, that's really interesting because you were, you know, you, like, I mean, the way you describe it, I think that, I mean, one of the things that I kind of know is that even before you made that change. I mean, I think a lot of the people that I knew and that had heard of you, they mostly knew you as like the quote unquote pop art rabbi, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you were making a name for yourself. Like I, that well. I, I was, I was very fortunate, you know, I was very fortunate. Um, I, I'm definitely not the first, but I would, you know, I mean, there's, there's, we're, we're making a movement, you know, you and me on, on, on the side, but there's a movement happening here. Um, and I think I got in on the ground floor, you know. Um, so th- the work I did for Schlichus was was in Basking Ridge, New Jersey, which is a, a wonderful suburban town, you know. Right. Um, but what I did there, you know, I mean, didn't didn't stay there, but like it's that was where my energy was. That that wasn't a global, you know. I didn't yell that from the from the hilltops. Uh, whereas my artwork, you know, yeah, I got out there. Um, I, got, I, I was very fortunate. I got some early press. Mm-hmm. Um, got some early, uh, you know, uh, a gallery. Chabad.org wrote an article ages ago. I mean, yes, yeah, so stuff like that, you know, helped get the word out. You know, it's interesting. I think that if you spoke to most people, and I don't think this just applies to religious people at all, but I think if you spoke to most people and you were like, right, what, how do you think, like, you'll make the biggest effect on the world? Like, being a rabbi or being an art, like, a painter. Um, and knowing that you could literally do both of those things and you couldn't b- do both at once. I think most people would say you would have more of an effect. I think, you know, I think people, unless you're like this huge artist, I think people tend to kind of see them as, as an art, like only really affects the world on a very big level when someone gets to a very like right. huge level. Right. But um, I think most people would say, like, why would you give up a literal leadership role to become an artist? Like, 
I mean, you know what I mean? And especially when we're talking about a perspective of like shluchis and, and trying to have an effect on the world and these sorts of things. You know, so yeah, I, absolutely. Um, I definitely didn't set out to become an artist. That wasn't in the cards. That wasn't my intention at any step along the way until it actually happened. Um, but you know, at the same time, I know or I believe that I could have a greater impact on the world through my art than through being a youth rabbi in Basking Ridge. So why? definitely, there. Why? Well, one one has a global reach. One has a global, you know, um, anyone out there could theoretically be impacted by my work as an artist, um, especially considering that I, I travel a lot and, you know, the global reach of, of the internet and social media and so on. Um, my work as a youth rabbi was focused on the youth of Basking Ridge, you know, mm. um, Hebrew school and bar bat mitzvah and teens and... You know, I mean, I did try while I was there. I did have an event. Uh, I think we had three years worth of it called the Jewish Music and Art Festival, mm. which I wish I had the you know the organizational skills to uh, to really pull it off. Maybe maybe I'll give Hevria just another just another little project to do. <laughs> but uh, I guess what I mean is like on a spiritual level, I don't I don't think I, 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 maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm prejudiced the other way. But I always I get the. I get the vibe sometimes that people don't really think that art affects people on a deep level in the way that, for example, like going to shul on, on Shabbos does. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I don't know, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm so inside my own bubble um, mm-hmm. that I've been doing this for so long and I believe so deeply in what I'm doing that I believe it's having an impact. Um, well, I guess that's my question. Why do you think, why do you think it, it is? Well, I... I what, what is it about? <clears throat> like, I guess that's my point. What is, what is it about creativity that makes such an impact on people? That you, you think it does, you know, because I think, again, I think this is something that is either minimized or misunderstood in, in the rest of oh, the world. Oh, it's definitely minimized. It's definitely misunderstood, right. especially in the religious circles. That's for right, sure. Right. Um, so what is what are they missing? What do you see that they don't see? You know, accessible. A song is accessible in all cultures. People see that. People can get moved by it. You know, a sad song, a happy song. Try to listen watching a movie without sound. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just bland, you know, it's bereft, you know, music plays such an integral part, mm-hmm. you know, everyone, you know, music stirs the emotions. There's no doubt about that. Um, there's this incredible address. Um, it's not a commencement address. It's the beginning of school, whatever that, you know, and, um, at the Boston conservatory, I forget the name of the gentleman who spoke it, look it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, I think it's titled the what is what is the function of music? I believe that's what it is. And really, he's talking to a group of students that are beginning a journey of learning classical music, you know, classically mm-hmm. trained, and talking to them, what's the purpose? What are they doing it for? You know, is music, you, know, you look at the newspaper, music is in the entertainment section. Um, but, it, you know, essentially, he says that one night, you know, at eight o'clock in the evening, you know, a broken soul will walk into your, mm-hmm. your place of work, into your music hall, and it'll be your job to... To, to heal them. And mm-hmm. if that's the power of music, then that really goes true for all forms of creativity. And so, yeah, I believe that what I'm doing as an artist is more powerful. I don't know if powerful is a word. Is more, is more important. It's definitely more important to me than what I was doing mm-hmm. as a youth rabbi in Basking Ridge. Wow. That's a bold statement. 
Yeah, it is a bold statement. <laughs> um, and you know what? I, t- to make it even more bold, one of one of the Chabad rabbis that I was presenting for is. I mean, I do a lot of speaking, a lot of traveling, mm-hmm. and he quoted Hayyim Yom, the Rebbe's Sefer, the Rebbe's book on Hayyim Yom, a, a nugget, a, a piece of wisdom for every day. And if I'm recalling everything correct, uh, there's a Yom who said that someone who can polish diamonds and they bake bread. Mm. That they're doing a disservice to humanity, you know, and so he he wow. essentially equated that what what I was doing as a youth rabbi was baking bread, wow. and what I'm doing now is polishing diamonds. Wow! And you know, I I believe that's true to a, to a large degree. That's so I, you know, I believe this is why I I I believe this is why I was created. I believe this is my mission on in in this world. You know, mm. my purpose of life. Um. Yeah, my story goes back that I didn't mention, but, you know, from the Australian outback, you know, Chabad found us and we, we ended up in, we were on our, on our way to Israel, to a kibbutz in Israel. That was from the outback to, to a religious kibbutz to kind of have our, our love of nature together with our newfound love of Judaism. Mm-hmm. And we stopped via New York on our way. We ended up in Crown Heights and people said, write a letter to the rabbis. It was, it was uh, 1985, Tishrei, you know, and... We wrote, we wrote, we, my parents wrote a letter to the Rebbe and mm-hmm. the response was stay here for the time being mm-hmm. and accomplish what you're here to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And we ended up staying for four and a half years. Mm-hmm. And as I grew older, I realized that if not for those four and a half years, I would be, you know, in the Australian slang, a bloody good surfer. It's <laughs> <laughs> a few Australian, well, I can put on my accent if I need to. Wow. Uh, That's <laughs> awesome. No, but I believe I wouldn't be married. I wouldn't have kids. I wouldn't be religious. wouldn't have a job. Hmm. I'd be, I'd be a beach bum. Yeah. And I believe that I ever saw that and saw potential in me. And so what I thought was to become, become a Chabad rabbi, that was, that was the obvious. Right. But now, as I've, as I've grown, no, it, it's, it's to be an artist, to have my unique you know, way of sharing my love of Judaism with others through my art. I guess I also, like, I can't... It's interesting. I guess I'm trying to also, like, kind of come to a place where I, I also can try and pinpoint what it is. Like what, why do we feel like that is, is so powerful and, and what is that actual effect that we have on others and why does it matter? Like, I guess my, I guess part of what I, I wonder myself is like, what would happen if, if artists stopped being artists? Like what would happen to the world? What would be missing? You know, what, and which is like kind of a sort of, um, backwards way of asking what is the function of creativity you know it's you'd have nine to five followed by nine to five followed by nine to five you'd have the dreariness of winter you wouldn't have spring you wouldn't have like stop and smell the roses you know uh, it it would be soulless to some degree life would just be a monotony of hmm. you know I'm trying to remember where I heard this, but I, I heard that chassidus cannot be learned without a niggun. Mm. That chassidus isn't impactful without a niggun. I, I forget where it's quoted. I believe it's quoted from one of the Rabbeim. Uh, and I think I heard it from a, a lecture by Rabbi Yossi Paltiel, but I, I could be completely wrong. Um, I mean, they say, you know, the, the way it's spelled, you know, what is it? Something, life without art? Something is eh, meh. I don't know, whatever it is. There's oh, a, right, it's a bumper right. sticker or whatever it is. Right. No, but I, it, it's 
it's that wonder. What would life be without wonder? What would life be without? I mean, it's not it, it's not art in in fine art only the stuff you see at museums, but it's it's expression. It's wonder. It's it's you know all forms of expression, all forms of creativity. Um, asking those questions. These are all you know. Well, I guess uh, you know what I was thinking about, and unfortunately, we didn't, it wasn't recorded. But you were talking about your your. What was it? First page of Tanya piece. Right. What, what's it called? Illuminated Tanya. So, yeah, this this new my latest piece is uh, titled Illuminated Pages mm-hmm. and uh, Parak Alaf Tanya, page one of Tanya. And so, what? What? Can you just like describe really quickly what? Yeah. So it, it's it's a it's it's a sheet of metal. I took mm-hmm. a large sheet of metal. It's about forty four inches high, thirty inches wide, mm-hmm. and it's the the form factor of the first page. So all the letters are cut out mm-hmm. and they remove their holes, and behind it is a painted piece of plexiglass. And behind that is a light. Right. And when you look at it, it's, it's, you can see the letters. But when you plug it in, from the letters come out the light. The light, the light shines through the letters and are revealed, mm-hmm. which is the message of Tanya, which is the message of the hidden world of Torah. And you were and saying that it had like... Uh, a powerful, like you felt like like people were giving you like input. People responded on, to it. People, you yeah. know, people got it. You know, people understood, you know, the art of it, the artistry, and and the concept behind it. Right. Uh, yeah. So at the moment, a lot of my work is is about you know conceptual ideas, Torah conceptual ideas, right. trying to visualize them in in a new form. Well, I guess I mean I guess to me that touches on. One of the things that I was thinking about, the power of creativity and what it can do and the power of art is like, if you think about it, it's one thing to sit down and study Tanya and all these things. Another thing to literally see in front of your eyes, you know, the concept of what it means. Right. I mean, and I think that's like incredibly powerful what you're describing, what you did, you know. Um, it reminds me of another painting you did, which was, uh, there's two of them actually that, that, uh, that to me it created a similar emotional experience which was mm-hmm. one was the painting of 770 with like a lot of color coming yeah. from it yeah and then uh another one which was a similar idea which was uh, a chassid or someone blowing uh on a shofar and there's mm-hmm. all this color coming out of the shofar do you, you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah, yeah definitely of course you know so <laughs> but to me like when i saw those things it was like like i had always known that that was what 770 is. That's what a shofar is, you know, in the sense of like it brings out the beauty and the color of the world and, and the reality of the world. But by seeing it portrayed in that way through your medium, you know, I don't think, sorry, I don't think that it could have been, uh, underst- in my opinion, I don't think I would have ever understood the concepts that you were trying to display as well as if I didn't see those paintings, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, let's just go down to the basic, a picture is worth a thousand words. You right, know? right. Um, even though artistry, it takes all forms. But yeah, to visualize, I mean, the title of the first piece of 770 is titled All the Rebbe's Children. Right. And I think the, the title is, is equally, you know, in the description that goes with it. But, you know, the, it starts off with the Rebbe's room is lit up. You can see the windows are lit. And then mm. from the front door, out the front door is this burst of energy. You know, when it's, it, it's, you know, people ask, are they coming in? Are they going out? And it's both. It's that energy. It's, it, it's, it's the ruts of a shuv, of a chassid, you know, of um, being affected, being impacted and, and taking that energy out to the world and bringing it back and, and coming to be recharged. And, and however people look at it, I mean, you know, that, that, that my 
that a piece of art that I made that was a, an idea in my head, mm-hmm. you know, went onto a canvas and then that you said you were impacted by it. There you go. That's, that's, you know, I know I'm doing something. Yeah. Um, the worst that when, when I had the gallery in Crown Heights, you know, people would ask, you know, especially the media, you know, we had a, an article by the wall street journal uh-huh. and you know, they asked like, Oh, how, you know, you know, with the older generation, how are they reacting to it? And <laughs> uh, they, uh, you know, you're getting pushback. And the, the worst pushback we're getting is, meh. you know, people just indifferent, like, oh, okay, mm. pretty picture. You know, it's mm-hmm. the last thing you want is, is, is to be told something that you put your heart into. It's like, no, it's nice. <laughs> you're saying you'd rather have a negative reaction? Yeah. Any, uh, yes, I would have, rather have a negative reaction. Um, absolutely. I can identify with that. Um, that's really interesting. My worst... Yeah, I mean, I find that fascinating. I find this idea that art, you know, it's interesting because I think to me, one of the things that's powerful about your art is that it's able to bring out these beautiful concepts in a way that I think, I guess I personally, and you know, now we're going to get, now we're going to get into a Hebrea discussion, (laughs) but I personally feel like it's lacking, right, in the... Jewish world and the right. Hasidic world, especially in these sorts of things. And I remember, you know, I just, you know, and this, I mean, it's definitely changing. I think, you know, this right. is something that you and I uh, care about Can a lot. definitely like, agree on, yeah. But I guess part of what I wonder is, is what is it, what is it about, what is, what is the misconception of art that's, that's happened? Or, I mean, I you could also just disagree with me that it's not like that or whatever, but I think to me, the question is what separates like the art that you're trying to do from, Let's say like the typical, and it is not to put down like a Rebbe painting, but like the fact that those are the predominant sort of paintings of just like a realistic painting of like the Rebbe and these sorts of things. Well, before we get to that, I I just like, what came to mind is the first gallery show that I did. um, And it's, you know, I think back at it, it's pretty awesome how just the confluence of, you know, Hashkach HaPratis, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, I was shopping for a little of an Esrug uh, in Crown Heights. I don't even know what year this was. Mm-hmm. And we went into a store and it was an empty storefront on Kingston Avenue, right where the Simchas Pesheva, the, the festivities on, on Sukkot happen. And I asked the guy like, okay, you know, what, what's going to happen to the store once you finish selling a little of an Esrug? You know, this, it only has a limited shelf life. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, I don't know, whatever, they're, they're going to they're gonna renovate it in, in a month or something like that. And I'm like, all of a sudden I thought like, hey, wait a second, maybe, maybe I could, make a gallery here. Like nothing had done, nothing like that had been done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, it, you know, it, it, it was last minute. It was so last minute. I mean, like Erev Yom Kippur, Motzi Yom Kippur, um, <clears throat> I just put out a call to, to whoever I knew. I mean, the early days of Facebook, a few emails, there was no, there was no grouping of, mm-hmm. of, you know, us artists, us from Hasidic artists, or at least not that I know of. Um, and I titled the show um, Hasidim of Color. So mm-hmm. Some people take offense to the of color part. <laughs> so maybe we'll, we'll, re- we'll rename it Hasidim with color. Uh, <laughs> right. But the idea was if, if you're a Hasid, if you define yourself as a Hasid, if you have color to share, come share it. Mm-hmm. And it cost me $1,000. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said I was willing to lose that money if, if it totally bombed. And I, I charged everyone to be in it a little bit to, to mm-hmm. cover costs. And it was the most incredible thing that happened to mm-hmm. me, you know, like it was just so awesome because 
people reacted to it. People really came in, you know, and, and we, the floor to ceiling was full of art, just people, ca- you know, and, and we sold a piece, it went down, another piece went up on the wall. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people from the Chabad community got it. They came in and like, yes, we need this and this is awesome and this mm. is great. And and then I remember people from the from the Williamsburg community who would come in to Crown Heights and some of them like older gentlemen, you know, they come in and like, they go like, so what's this? <laughs> like, it's a gallery. Y- yeah, but, but, but what are you doing? Like, what is this? <laughs> Why? Like, they, they just... Yes, but like what more, like they, they couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. And then there was this one young Satmar boy, 15, 16 years old. He came in, he looked around and he's just like this biggest smile came over his face. He, he got it. Mm. And I felt like saying like, okay, the whole thing was worth it just for him. You know, that this one young kid got it. What's it? I don't know if I can describe it, but the need for creativity and really that, that show was what, you know, gave birth to the creative soul. You know, I did, Oprah's film crew came in and they ended up interviewing me and, and it, it, made, it ended up making a lot of noise beyond, you know, the streets of Crown Heights. Mm-hmm. Um, and really that was the turning point. I, I think that was the turning point where I, I began to take this art seriously as, as a future, as, a, as responding to a need. Um, yeah. Was that was that the year that I participated as well, or was I that? I think that was even the I year was, before that. that was, so I, yeah, I came in the you next came year. The next year, yeah. I mean, that's that's amazing. That's so fascinating. So, do you think it's just like a matter of it, like it's like a natural change that's going to happen? That creativity is going to, you know, creativity versus art. You know what I'm saying? In the sense of art on the wall versus, you know people pushing the form and, and these sorts of things to I definitely think I mean something. Jewish music you know has evolved in the last I don't know 30 years five, 10 years five years you know it's it continues to evolve mm-hmm. it goes in different directions um, I think you know art you know fine art is is lagging behind a little bit but I definitely think that people you will think start it's lagging relative to other things relative to music in relative the Jewish world yes and relative to the to the general world yes um, right you know, it's it's harder. It's more. It's it's more. It's more of a fine. It, it, you can't put your finger on it. You know, it, it's easy to. It's not a necessity. You know, it, or, or at least it's not a perceived necessity. Right. You know, you got to go. You know, in, in education, that's one of the first places. You know that mm-hmm. that when you're on a limited budget, yeah, you're not. You're going to do art. You know, Chumash Gemara. You're going to do math and science, but <laughs> art. Yeah, okay. So art. You know, whatever. That's you know right. because like you can't a... put your finger on it. So, and that's across the board. And yeah, a lot more so in the Jewish community. And people don't. They don't understand what they're missing. They don't understand what it is to know what they're missing. Yeah. To be able to appreciate it. So I guess the idea is to, I mean, and I guess, you know, that takes us to the idea of building why a creative community matters, right? I mean, like, I think at least one of the things that I realized when when you invited me, it's interesting because to me, your studio that you had set up uh, that you were just describing on on Sukkot was also a turning point to me. I mean, I don't, like, basically when I'd come to Crown Heights, I myself was already kind of like, I want to do, we, me and Rivka had talked about, my wife, we had talked about doing creative shlichis, quote unquote. But I think, you know, we were still trying to find our way. We were still trying to figure things out. Then you invited me and you were like, you asked me to do a an event, you know. And I didn't know what to do. And I, you know, it was like. You did an I, open mic. You did yeah. the most 
awesome <laughs> open mic. It, yeah. People still remember it and talk about it. I mean, that was you brought the house down. And, I mean, and, and the neighbors and the cops. I think <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah. So I did it. I was like, you know, I remembered from when I my back in the day when I was living in Chicago and I was like this person that was just realizing that he might be a creative person going to open mics with my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, for some reason they always spoke to me. So I decided to, to throw to take you up on it. And I was like, let's do an open mic. And I think the reason that it was, it was so powerful. That first one was because it was like, we were tapping something that was waiting to be tapped. Yes, you know? yes. And it was unbelievable. So to me, that was, I agree. It was un- an unbelievable experience. Uh, I have so many other thoughts about where it went, but we can talk about that another time. But I think, I guess my point being that what was powerful about that open mic was not only that it tapped something that was there, but realizing what happens when you give people the opportunity to just, to truly create and truly share their creation in a way that's, um, that encourages like true expression, you know? I think to me that was what was powerful about the open mic and then and how important connection is, how important support is, you know, all these things kind of became very clear to me at right. that open mic. Right. I the secret is, you know, that nobody needs anyone's permission to create. Mm. You know. Uh but it takes a, a realization to realize that. So yes, I, I think we th- there will be a change when it's not the exception to the rule of going out there and creating something. Mm-hmm. Where it'll be the rule itself, it'll, it will begin to be perceived as norm, you know, that, uh, yeah, you, you know, you, you have something to share and you get out there and share it. Um, the way I look at it is there's, there's three elements. There's, there's what you say, there's how you say it, and then how you share it with the world. Mm-hmm. So what you say is, is your soul, your, your, your life experiences so far, your, the things, the part of Judaism that, that makes you tick. Mm-hmm. You know, how you say it is anything, you know, music, poetry, you know, uh, art, dance, you know. And then the way you share it with the world is, is you know, um, yeah, how you get it out there. Hmm. So how do we encourage this, like... We're starting and we, we connected. We're starting to connect with others. How do we get to a point where we as artists can truly encourage other artists to start sharing, to start going, you know, truly getting to a place that we kind of hope they will? Yeah. Or do we even have that responsibility? No, I think we do have a responsibility. You know, I think, you know, creating platforms, creating opportunities, um, I have a series that I'm, I'm, you know, that I'm dying to do, uh, or to make happen is a series of street art mm-hmm. up and down Kingston Avenue of the Rebbe's Ten of Time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, I mean, you can't get more Chabad than the Rebbe's Ten of Time. Um, but, but doing it in a different form in, in street art, even inviting, if we could, you know, some, some mainstream street artists mm-hmm. to come and, and, you know, give them relatively clear parameters, but at the same time, give them creativity. Right. You know, imagine a kid walking down the street and seeing these huge murals of lighting Shabbat candles, lighting, you know, putting a mezuzah, doing, you mm-hmm. know, tefillin, that that would, you know, allow children to, you know, I mean, they have, we have they, we have this competition called Chidon mm-hmm. um, for boys and for girls. And, and it's, it's, you know, mastering the, the Sefer Mitzvahs, which is, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But imagine if we had something similar for 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 art. I mean, you know what? Kudos to um, 
Rabbi Simon Jacobson, his encouraging, mm. you know, people to write, you know, creative essays on Chassidus. Yeah. There you go. That's that's a that's a beautiful platform because someone who who you know will take the time and and effort and 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 thought to to craft a beautiful article mm-hmm. may you know hopefully will say okay well you know that was the first now the next one you know I, I don't you know don't need a, you know someone else to encourage you know. Yeah, maybe we need people to encourage us, but then you can get the ball rolling. That maybe there's a you know new generation of writers or, or bloggers or, or people thinking about you know their their perspective on the parsha, their perspective on on a sicha they learned, um, and sharing that because we all have a unique voice. Do you think that art and creativity? Do you think that it's going to have an effect on the Jewish world itself, like in terms of the way the Jewish world works? We're talking about we're just having this nascent community that's just starting. What what is is the is its function to just bring up other artists, or is its function beyond that? Like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm busy in the trenches making art. I don't always you know stop <laughs> and look up and think about the you know the impact. Of, I, I don't have an end goal. That's that's for sure. I don't have an right. end goal of okay, this is what I'm trying to achieve with my art, and and right. everything has to fit to, towards that end goal. It's 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 sharing our expression. You know, if we if we if we if we do it with with a, an earnestness, with a realness, mm-hmm. you know, devarim hayotzim and alev nechnasim and alev, your words that 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 are said with true heart will will enter someone else's heart. Um, you know, definitely the purpose is to impact others, but it's not it's not propaganda. That's not the purpose. It's not you know Jewish propaganda through art. Right. Uh, it's just an expression of soul. That that's what art is. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, we'll build a chorus. The chorus will get louder. You know, it's a movement. It's not. You know, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a great community organizer. How's that? You know, <laughs> I. I tried. <laughs> I had my stint at that, and uh, yeah. that went well. While it went well. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I have. I have all these ideas of. Of at the moment, you know, what I'm working on is. Is visualizing the spiritual impact of a mitzvah, mm-hmm. and I'm using you know augmented reality. Mm-hmm. You know the the technology behind Pokemon Go, uh, using oh, really? uh, yeah, wow. using projection mapping, um, in different forms. You know, so where will that go? I don't know. Who will be impacted by it? I don't know. Um, I just know that this is just like the the Tanya piece, which costs a lot of money to make. And you know, please God, I'll sell it <laughs> so that I can recoup my money. And but I don't want to. You know. Early on, once people, before people found out how much I was asking for it, you know, I got a lot of requests for it. I'm like, oh no, what happens if it goes into someone's private home mm-hmm. and like disappears from view and like all of a sudden doesn't exist anymore? Mm-hmm. Like then wait a second, it's been like, it, it's supposed to be out there. I want it to be out there. Um, you know, so I'm making art not because this is my business, even though this is how I feed my family, thank God. Um, but it's... Uh, this is what I need to say. This is what needs to get out. And I, I on the way here, I, you know, I, uh, I'm a member of MoMA. They have a wonderful program for living artists. Mm. Uh, so I went to MoMA and I, I saw a show and I, I forget the name of the, the artist on display, but just reading about his work, it, it, there was a sense of urgency to what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, a contemporary of Picasso and, and he changed different forms and, and it reminded me, yeah, there's an urgency to my, you know, I have a backlog of ideas. I got to get them out there. I got to share them with the world. Why? 
because they need to be shared. What will happen to them afterwards? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's out of my control. Um, but I know, you know, it needs to be said. Or at least this is what my soul needs to say at the moment. Yeah. Um, hmm. I put it in the public domain. It's not about me, you know, making my art for myself. You know, it's the purpose is for the public domain. Uh, that's the shluchas aspect of it. Beautiful. You have any parting thoughts? I think we're really we're out of time already. We're, we're just getting started. <laughs> I'm having fun. So let's let's keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> no, I, I mean, the parting thought is is you know if it's tough. You know, I remember reading an article um, lamenting the the modern Orthodox world mm. and really the price of 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 living a modern of modern orthodox life and the, the price of tuition and, and so on and that really are you talking about like the movement or are you talking about being um, living in the modern world while being orthodox or? no 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 well, well the movement I mean the, if, movement, if, if okay. the movement just to, to be able to live to right. be able to, to support your family mm-hmm. you know in the modern orthodox movement the, their schools are very expensive expensive right. I imagine now yeshivas are not any less expensive um, but the, 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 the premise of the article was that everyone if you really want to make it you have to be a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, finance, which doesn't allow room for artists, doesn't allow room for poets. Mm-hmm. Because how many poets can afford to pay, you know, uh, $20,000 a year tuition for mm. two, three, four, five kids? Right. Um, and essentially they were saying that they're robbing their movement of diversity and 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 texture and, and so on. So I, I didn't get into art in order to make my money off the art. So I, I don't know if I have advice, you know, for the next generation or, or for our generation of people coming out of yeshiva or college, you know, who, who have something to say, who have an expression, how to monetize it is a great question. Mm. Um, Do you feel like are you getting asked that a lot? Not a lot, but, but enough that, I mean, I would love to encourage, you know, others to, to you know, if, if you have a passion, go for it. If you have, you know, an ability to create and to share and to, you know, to do it, but I don't know, you know, to what degree it can be a full-time thing for all of us, you know? I mean, definitely for the other artists that are out there, you know, I say that, you know, the bigger the pie, the bigger the pieces, you know, and I encourage, you know, and I mention other artists and I, I want to make this pie bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also the other thing is, I mean, I'm, I'm getting random here, but, uh, <laughs> it's good. you know, is that... Sorry to mean to rush you. Just, as, oh. as we, you know, th- there are some you know, people of our generation who are making money, you know, there are some young, wealthy Jews out there and they're also starting to realize that, you know, yeah, they, they, they can buy art. They can, Mm. they can, they, you know, and they can buy modern art, you know, they're modern people. They want modern, you know, modern home and everything else. So that, that, you know, there, there's a movement that, that we need them. They need us. It's, it's, it's circular. It's, it's, um, I'm random. Okay. (laughs) No, I mean, well, it sounds like you're talking about how, well, I think, I guess there's kind of two things there. One is that even if it doesn't seem like it's possible, we should, we should be going for it anyway. Yes. And the other one is that it might actually be possible. (laughs) It might actually be possible. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, I mean, the truth is like, I, I like all of a sudden thought, you know what, I, I need to look for some patrons, you know, Mm -hmm. and I need to look for some patrons 
because I want to get these things out. I want to get money out of the equation. <laughs> I, hate, I, right. hate, I hate money being part of the equation. Right. I want to do art for, for, for art's sake, for Torah's sake, for, right. for our collective soul's sake. And yeah, money is a necessary ingredient. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately that, you know, some, you know, we have to, we have to cater to that. We have to, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, I'm incredibly fortunate that I can even create, you know, so yeah, maybe some of my work will be a little bit more commercial in the way that I know it'll sell better, you know, mm-hmm. while I go off and make things that, that are, you know, I mean, I have, you know, I have this crazy installation piece, um, I don't know. It's going to cost a lot of money to make. It's going to have to be put somewhere, and you mm-hmm. know, I don't know how that you know, this, this, you know, definitely doesn't belong in anyone's dining room. It's it's a, a huge installation. So what'll how that'll happen? I don't know. But I, I I have a responsibility to make that happen, to to create it, to put it out there in the world, and yeah, God will do the rest. Why do you have that responsibility? I believe that again, going back to our earlier conversation, yeah. this is you know, this is my function in the world. This is my purpose in the world, is to make art, um, yeah. and to make art that I'm passionate about. And today, I'm passionate about my Judaism. To me, it seems like interesting because sometimes, as a writer, like obviously money is an issue, but I I've started to notice a lot of talk about like attention, like how much attention is your work getting, and these sorts of things. Right, and. You know, I recently, I just was actually on a podcast yesterday and it wasn't about art, but I was applying some of the principles that I learned from art. And I was saying like, basically I was talking about political stuff and I was saying that, you know, it doesn't like, the person was asking like, does it, you know, what should only people with a platform be speaking about this or whatever? I was like, no, I think even if no one heard what you said, it still matters. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I feel like that, that's something that creativity really brings to people's understanding is an awareness of like that create creating something has its own value. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, so the, exactly. That's not only create if you think it'll sell only create if you think someone will read it only create if other, no, it's, it's you create because you got that passion. You got that, that fire in your belly. And once you put it out there in the world, it, it, you know, it'll, it'll sink a swim. It'll, you know, I mean, it, it will take on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And there's a groundswell. I mean, every every movement, you know, it, it, there's a bunch of individuals uh, that come together. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, everyone got to create, to well, find your voice and 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 share it. That's a good way to end. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Coming. Thank you. Yeah, let's do it again sometime. Yeah, let's do it. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to HivriaCast. I'm Aladna Harai. If you'd like to hear more and read more of our work, you can follow us by going to hevria.com or facebook.com slash hevriamag. We've been recording at the Kalal Studios in New York City, and the music that you're hearing is Voice Lessons by Darshan. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing and hearing from you again. Tata, Kalmi Mutai.